Thank you for listening to the Ablaze Church Sermon Podcast. Our purpose at Ablaze is to love God, love others, follow Jesus, and tell others. If you are looking for a church home in the Tulsa area, we'd love to have you join us for worship on Saturdays at 6.30 p.m. or Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, please visit our website at ablazechurch.org. Michelangelo, a great sculptor and artist, was standing before a marble slab once and chisel and hammer in his hand. Somebody said, Michelangelo, what are you going to do with that piece of stone? And he says, I'm going to liberate. I am going to free an angel from this stone. Hmm. You know, only a master can envision a piece of stone and what it'll look like. Or a canvas and what beautiful painting will come about because of it. Or a pile of wood and the beautiful building that it will become. It is Paul in our reading for this morning who envisions what God wants to do through you, through you, and through me. That sculpture, that beautiful painting, that building. And it is Paul who takes us from where we were before Christ, to where we are today with Christ, to where we'll be forever seated with Christ in heaven. And then between where we are today and going to heaven, it is Paul who paints this beautiful picture of our purpose here on earth. Let's take a closer look at the words of Paul to any church, you might say. Once again, listen to how he starts out. And you, folks, that's you and me. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. How many of you have ever seen the show or heard of it, The Walking Dead? <laughs> I won't ask you if you watch it. I've never seen an episode of it, but it's about some zombies, <laughs> apocalyptic zombies running around chasing survivors, okay? And the survivors get in more trouble because of the personal conflicts of the survivors and are create more problems than the zombies. Where did that idea come about? Walking dead, you could say right from Paul, as he speaks about the church, you and me, where we came from. We were the walking dead <laughs> in our sins and trespasses. Listen how he paints this picture. In which she once walked, verse 2, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air. He's referring to the devil. There is a devil, and he's making sure people understand that. The spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. The devil is great at moving people to lie. 
verse 3, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind and were by nature, notice this, by nature, children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. Whether you know it or not or realize it or even remember it, every one of you were born with a human nature and a sinful nature. The proof of that is the day you're born, you can die. The Bible clarifies is the wages of sin is death. We are all at one time before Christ the walking dead, dead in our spiritual life, dead because of our sin and trespasses. Sin is missing that mark. If we all gathered at the Grand Canyon and I said, jump if you want to make the mark, not one of you or I would make the mark jumping across the Grand Canyon. It's impossible. We are sinful by nature, separated from God, the walking dead. Have you ever tried to witness to someone? Maybe talk to somebody about Jesus and they kind of look at you. Or you invite somebody to church and they're kind of like, yeah, mm-hmm. Kind of like they're dead to what you're saying. Well, guess what, folks? Don't get upset over that because they are. They have ears, but they cannot hear. They have eyes, and they cannot see. Why? Because they're before Christ. They're still trapped and enslaved by their sin and trespasses, and all they operate is with the flesh. But Paul says, now listen, you are different. That's where you were, but God has done something into your life. In fact, uh, this is the good news, folks. Listen to how Paul expresses the good news. You may never use these words to share the good news, but again and again throughout the Bible, and someday I'm going to do a series on this, these words are found when the good news is shared. You ready? Verse 4, just two words. You ready? But God, <laughs> dead Walking dead, but God, notice this, being rich in his mercy because of the great love with which he loved us. God so loved the world, he sent his one and only son that whoever should believe in him, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive. It is God, the only one who can make something dead alive. He has the power to do that. We can't. Bring something dead to life. Oh, man tries. Have you ever seen the movie Frankenstein? <laughs> That's man, the smartest man trying to bring dead back to life. We can't do it. We need the power of God. And that's what grace is all about. Listen to this. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together. Notice that word together. With Christ, by grace. By his power, unmerited power. This is what God is all about, grace. By grace, you have been saved. You have been changed. You have been transformed from dead to living. And raised us up with him. 
you cannot or we cannot move ourselves from the walking dead to the walking living. That is the power of God through the grace of the Holy Spirit who comes upon us and creates faith within us. And we are born again through the power of God, through the Spirit and through water. Listen to these words. You may remember them. Romans chapter 6, Paul explaining baptism. Do you not know that those of you who have been baptized into Christ were therefore buried with him in his death? And therefore you will be raised like him by the glory of the Father to the newness of life. And then he goes on to talk about the death, crucifixion of the old flesh and the new life that we all live. Where were we all at one time, whether you know it or not, walking dead? And he has raised us to life, a new life. And in that new life, by grace, it is Paul who then takes us to where we'll be forever in heaven. Listen to how he states this. Verse 6, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages, eternity, he might show, the, notice this, you ever thought about what heaven's going to be like? You think you're going to be sitting on a cloud singing? Sorry, not even close. You're going to be walking around, never growing tired of saying, wow, look at that. Woo, wow. In fact, as Paul says, you can't even imagine what heaven's going to be like. So much more than you can ever imagine. The immeasurable riches. You think you're rich on earth? You think this life has something to brag about? Not even comparable to heaven. Immeasurable riches of his grace. In kindness, our God is a kind God, and he loves you, and he wants you to show you something very special that'll blow your mind. That's heaven. This is what Paul is talking about, towards us in Christ Jesus. <laughs> so where does Paul take us? He takes us from where we all were, the walking dead, in our sin and trespasses. And he takes us to where God has brought us, the walking living, a new life, in Jesus Christ. And he knows where we're going. And so he talks about where you're going. If you're here this morning listening to my voice. And you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. And you have that life in you. There should be absolutely no doubt in your mind. Where you're going when you die. You're going to heaven. And heaven is this wow place where Jesus is. So you came from where you didn't have Jesus to now where you're walking with Jesus and someday you're going to be seated with Jesus with immeasurable riches. But between now and then, God has a job for you. And Paul says, now these two things you need to know. How are you saved? And why you are saved? Now it is God who puts his saved people together in a box called the church. The word together is seen in Christ Jesus. It is Christ who puts this box together through the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
Now Paul says, let's get this straight. So when you leave here today, I want every one of you to know this answer. How are you saved? Listen, Martin Luther calls these two verses really the crux of the Bible. The most important verses in the Bible to understand and for the rest of God's word to be opened up into your mind. Okay, the crux, this is so important. Listen to these words. Verse eight, for by grace, the power of God, unmerited power of God in your life, you have been saved through faith. Faith is the work of the Holy Spirit that enables us to receive this power. And this is not of your own doing. Not one of you can save yourself. You're dead. But Christ has saved you, given you a new life. You have been born again. And this is not of your own doing. It is a gift. Notice that. A gift of God. Not a result of works. There's nothing you can do to save yourself. It's impossible to save yourself. Not of works so that no one may boast. If we're going to boast, we're going to boast in the cross. If we're going to boast, we're going to boast in God who has taken us from the walking dead to the walking living. You are saved by nothing you have done, everything that God has done. And folks, that's good news. It should be proclaimed, you know, good news. It's free. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So how are you saved? By grace. Not by works. That's good news. Don't think you can earn yourself to earn your way to heaven. Impossible. But God gives it to you. And since he gives you this free gift, he says, now, this is why I saved you. Verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Do you realize you are God's workmanship? That he knits you together in your mother's womb. He has placed you with a new life. You are his workmanship. You are literally a masterpiece. (laughs) Do you realize that? You're a, a masterpiece. Now, I know what you might be thinking, especially if your spouse is next to you. I know my spouse is no masterpiece. (laughs) Right, Sheila? (laughs) Yeah, he may be a piece of work, but no masterpiece. Well, but I'm here to tell you that God calls you his masterpiece. Perfect masterpiece. That's justification. Even though you're broken, even though you're a sinner, He's given you new life and says, you are my masterpiece. Now, this is interesting. The Greek word for this, uh, for uh, workmanship, you know what it is? Poem. Poeo. Literally, that's where the Greek word we draw poem. What's a poem? A poem is something put together. Words. It rhymes. It's powerful. And it has a message. You are a piece of the master. You have the Holy Spirit within you. Therefore, you, in God's eyes, are a masterpiece. You are a tool he put together for service. 
you are saved to serve. Amen. <laughs> what does he want you to do? Good works. Notice this. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Meaning, he has taken you from the walking dead. You are now the walking living. You know you're going to heaven. You don't do good works to get to heaven because you know where you're going to end up. You know what he's going to give you in heaven. You are willing to serve him and do good works. Why? Because you know you've been called a masterpiece. You know what he has done in your life. And you know that it is God who wants others to come be a part of the toolbox. God desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. You see, God has placed his saved, living, walking people into the church together as a box. And they're his tools to make more tools. Hmm. Let me kind of show you in a way that might help. I'd like to wrap it up by extending my object lesson a little further for adults. Imagine just for a moment the tools in the box decided to call a meeting. And the hammer says, I call the meeting. And at this meeting, I have a complaint. What's your complaint? My complaint is about the pencil. Small, insignificant, always gets lost. The pencil stands up. Oh, you think you're the heavyweight, do you? Well, I may be small and insignificant, and I may get lost, but I am the one that marks the way for all of us to go. At least I'm not like the ruler. Now the ruler, he judges and measures everybody. <laughs> the ruler says, well, Mr. Pencil, Mr. Marker, you may call me the judge, but I'm the one that makes things correct around me, around here. And without me, you all would get so many things wrong. At least I'm not like the saw who always cuts against the grain and the saw goes, well, I may cut against the grain, but I'm the only one who gets things done completely around here. Without me, we wouldn't have a finished job at least I'm not like the plane. The plane. He barely gets anything done. You got to work hard with him just to take a little bit off. Plane stands up and says, well, yeah, I may just get a little bit done at a time, but I'm still the sharpest tool in the box At least I'm not like the paint and brush. All they do is cover mistakes. The paint and brush stood up and said, at least we make things beautiful. Not like the sandpaper that's always 
going against the grain and the sandpaper stands up and says, at least I make things smooth around here. And while this debate was going on and they were just arguing about each other who is not making the cut, you might say, in walks the master carpenter. And the master carpenter looks at the tools that he made with his own hands. And he looks up to heaven and he says, Dear Father in heaven, I thank you for these tools that you have given me. I thank you for these tools and not one has been lost. I thank you, though they are imperfect and have defects. But by these once stained bloody hands, I proclaim these tools to be perfect. Justification. And useful sanctification in my hands. And through these tools, I will sculpture. I will paint a beautiful picture. I will build your kingdom on earth. And produce good works that I have set forth from the beginning of time. What are you going to take home with you? You once walked in the deadness of your sin. God has made you alive by his grace, by his power. Nothing you have done to deserve it. He has given it to you. You are a new life and someday you're going to be in heaven. Until then, are you willing to be used by God? Because you have been saved by grace for service. He has given you new fire. And what we are here today to share with you is that this is who God has put you together with. May God use us as his tools to go forth, share the good news, the grace of God, and hopefully be used by him to make new tools for the kingdom of God. And all of God's people said, amen.